Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne, bringing you conversations with farmhouse cheesemakers and dairy producers. The first Sunday of the month at 7am on your favourite station, 3CR, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. Welcome to Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne. Today we feature Carmen in conversation with her granny, Eva Bateson. It's so rare to hear the voices of older women in the media, and so we're very proud to bring you the story of Eva Bateson's working life as a dairy farmer in Gippsland. And it's told in her own voice, in her own words. We believe it is an important exercise to document the everyday lives of women and highlight their underrepresented yet significant contributions to social, economic and agricultural endeavours. Stay tuned for this intimate conversation between granddaughter and grandmother where the findings and revelations surprise even Carmen herself. Today on Herds and Curds, I have a very, very special guest, Eva Bateson, my paternal grandma, who also used to be a dairy farmer. Hi, Grandma. Welcome to Herds and Curds. Thank you. Um, I want to start by asking why you and Granddad became dairy farmers. Well, we'd been, uh, like, dairy farming. I dairy farmed with my father. So you grew Milked up... Milked cows by hand. Oh, wow. You grew up on a farm? Yes. And how many cows did your father have? Well, we had about 20. That you were hand-milking? We, we milked by hand and separated the milk into cream. And, and sold... sent the cream to the factory. Wow. And where was this? In Gippsland? In, yes, in Hilland. Hilland. And when you say that you milked 20 cows, so it was your dad, you helped, were there other siblings? No, there was only dad and I, we milked, and I used to milk them before I went to school. Oh wow, so that was my next question. About 11 or 12 cows. How old were you when you were doing this? About 12. So you'd get up, you'd milk cows with your dad? Yes. By hand, and then you'd go to school? Yes. Oh, well, I can't believe I never knew that. I, when I think about dairy farming in our family, I think about you and Grandad in Druin, and I didn't realise that actually you'd also grown up on a farm. Yes. And do you have fond memories? Oh, yes, it was great. You know, we uh, used to uh, milk cows, and then, like, weekends I'd help Dad on the farm grass harrowing or getting hay in and things like that. And so would you cut hay by hand as well? Yes. Used to put the hay on the sledge and bring it in and put it in a haystack. And so when we think of those sort of quintessential old haystacks that are sort of triangular shaped, is that, yes. is that what I can... similar to that, Oh, yes. gosh. It's just a whole other time, isn't it? And so when you and Grandad decided to have a farm, was it... Was it you saying, let's get a farm, because I've got these skills? When we first got married, we share-farmed for a husband's father, Rex's father. So Rex is my granddad. Did he grow up on a farm as well? Yes, yes, at Portland. In Portland? Yes. But you met him in Gippsland, didn't you? Yes. So he was... He was herd-testing. 
heard to sing. So he'd come and visit farms. He'd yes. He'd stay the night with people, wouldn't he? That's right. And is that how you met him? Yes. He came to your farm? No, he didn't come to our farm testing, but we ran into one another. Okay. (laughs) And so by herd testing, do you mean that he was looking for, he was testing the quality of the milk or the fat and the butter? Yes, the fat and the butter fat. I wish that we had access to those techniques now because I'm sure that farmers would find that really useful to be able to quite simply test fat and butter. I think they do that even now. I think they do, but I think that now we sort of send it off to labs and it it costs a lot of money. So Grandad was moving around Gippsland. He'd travel from farm to farm. He'd stay the night. He'd get up in the morning and and test the the quality of the milk. About 25 a month. He'd test 25 different farms a month. And so would he do a bulk sample? He wouldn't do individual animals. He would do... Um, no, he didn't have anything to do with animals. He'd test the, the milk into a test bucket and then put it in a sample of the milk in what they called a centrifuge mm-hmm. and test it that way. Do you know the technique? No, not really. At what point did you decide to, to start farming together? Oh, well, when we first got married, we went share farming for his dad. Mm-hmm. And then about four years later, we bought our own farm. Actually, bought it off my father. Is that the Druin farm? No, that was uh, another one at Hill End. Wow, Rex's dad was moving real estate around, wasn't he? Yes. I didn't realise he had so many farms. Oh, um, yes. And, and so when you were share farming, how many cows were you milking? Oh... About 40, I think, or something like that. Wow. And But at this point, did you have milking machinery? Automated? Yes, had more milking machines then, yes. And when you were a, a girl growing up, did your dad ever transition into automated milking? No. No. We always milk by hand. Wow. You're listening to 3CR Radio. I remember the farm in Druin. When did you go there? We went to Druin in 1966 and bought the farm there. It was about 30 acres mm-hmm. and uh, we milked about 30 cows there. I remember that little brick dairy, is that right? Yes. The red brick dairy? Yes. And it had those, um, they were bricked in water troughs. In the front, yes. In the front, but you didn't, they weren't water troughs for the animals, or were they? Well, no, not really. Um, I just, I don't know really what they were for. But well, you, was, you had goldfish in there, didn't we you? We had a big goldfish in there, yes. And, and Grandad, I remember he'd, he'd give it a handful of bran, or I'm not sure what he fed it every yes. day, but it was big, wasn't it? Yes. I don't know if I'm just, I have exaggerated ideas, but I remember it just being this giant goldfish. Yes. <laughs> Grew very big. <laughs> and do you remember how many years you had that? Oh, well, I suppose, what were we there? 17 years, well, it was still there when Albert took over mm-hmm. the farm. Mm-hmm. So I suppose about 20 odd years. Wow. <laughs> So you were on you milked thirty cows. Do you remember how many acres of land you were on? Well, we were on about thirty acres, but then we sort of leased another 
about 30 acres. Oh, so 60 acres in total. And so in Gippsland, is that typical to have two acres for one cow? Would that be... Uh, no, probably about an acre to a cow. But So you guys had a, a pretty adequate amount of, of land for 30 yes, cows? Yes, yes. Because we reared heifers and calves... So you, as well. So you had the 30 milking cows and then you had calves yes. and then you had heifers that were also grazing in that landscape. Yes. And what, what breed of cow were they? Oh, mostly Jerseys. Jerseys? Yes. Because now when we, we come to Gippsland, it, we always see black and white cows. Yes, we only see Holstein. Right. There's a f- few Jersey studs still around. Okay. But uh, no, we mostly had Jerseys. All right, um, did you have choose that cow because of its high butterfat? Well, probably, but it was like a smaller cow than the, the big black and white ones. So it was a little bit more, it was more manageable, it was easier yes. to handle. Yes. And did they have good temperaments? Yes. <laughs> Lovely. They're such Most big, of them. <laughs> most of them. <laughs> and so you said before that, so you began in the, in the mid-60s and... And when you went to the farm in Druin, you you had automated systems so that you didn't you yes, weren't hand we had milking. milking machines. Then, yes. And does did the milk go into a um, uh, what do you call that? It, did, was it did it go into milk cans? It went, it went into, when we first went there, it went into milk cans, mm-hmm. and then it went. We later on, we got a a milk vat and to put the milk in. Like, the, when we had the cans, we had to cows it out to the road onto a platform for the carrier to pick up. Mm-hmm. But then when we got the milk fat, they had they the big trucks drove in and, and took the milk once a day from the... All right. So when, when you were a girl, you were um, separating the milk and selling the cream... When you and Grandad farmed, you were selling liquid milk. Yes. And so Dad tells me this story about how he's got the hand separator and he he knows all about the hand separator that's one turn every second, that 60 revolutions a minute. Yes. And he claims that he, he did that as a child. Is it true? Yes. He did. And that was when we were, just had a little farm... At Tangent South, we only had about eight cows. And is that before uh, Druin or after? Before Druin. Okay. And Dad used to work at the SEC. Okay. And yeah. you looked after those eight cows? Yes. But you had nine children, so did you put them all to work? Oh, they all had their jobs. Yes. And, and you had your work cut out for you because you were running a farm, you were raising nine kids. Were you tired? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> you just went from day to day and... <laughs> you did your work. And if you weren't up at 10 to 6 in the morning, you... <laughs> Is that what time your your um, working day started, 10 yes. to 6? And how many of the kids were up with you at 10 to 6? Oh, not many, I don't think. None of them, I don't think. I had to call them. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um. So in early 80s I remember coming to the farm in Druin with my two sisters. Do you remember how many cows you were milking then? 
been drooling. Mm. Oh, well, I probably it was milking the 30-odd. Mm-hmm. And it was you that was but, doing it. It wasn't Grandad, was it? It was you. I did it a f- few years, yes. Mm. Yes. And then, like, later on, Bill and Bill helped milk. And, and Bill's my Heather. dad, listeners. Heather helped as well, so the yeah. older kids were helping. Yes. They were the main milkers. And you were selling, were you selling the milk to the, the co-op in town? Yes, at the butter factory at Druid. And do you remember how much you were getting? No, I, I, that's something I've been, I've been trying to work out, but I haven't. And were you farming before deregulation, so that the milk board was, they were dictating how much you could produce and at what price you oh, would? No, no, not like that. We could no. produce what we wanted. But at one stage, like when we were first there, we had a milk contract. Our milk contract was 12 gallons, and you had to make that 12 gallons every every day. day. So I had about six cows coming in, calving in March, and then the rest calved about August, September. And and those six kept them twelve so, gallons, was in gallons then. So you split the carving so that you could maintain a consistent yes, quantity yes. of milk. I've got no idea how much twelve gallons is. Do you know how much that is in litres? Ah, oh, uh, gee. Oh, it's okay. About, I'll say pints. And see, there's two pints to a litre, isn't there? I don't know. I've got no idea. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm afraid I'm still back in the old days. Ladies and gentlemen, Dolly Parton. But thank God I'm a country girl. I got me a man that plays the old fiddle. When the sun comes up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country girl. Well, a simple kind of life never done me no harm. Raising me a family, working on a farm. Days are all filled with an easy country charm. And thank God I'm a country girl. And I love that man that plays the old fiddle. When the sun comes up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country girl. Well, he'd play Sally Gooden all day if he could, but me and the kids wouldn't take it too good. He fiddles when he can and he works when he should. Thank God he's a country boy. And I love that man that plays the old fiddle. When the sun comes up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny
I'm a country girl. <laughs> You're listening to Herds and Curds. Today we're featuring a conversation between Carmen and her grandmother, Eva Bateson. And we just heard from Dolly Parton, a favourite of the Bateson family, and her rendition of Thank God I'm a Country Girl. Stay tuned for more Herds and Curds on 3CR. And so for you farming back then, did you, do you feel like it was the good old days? of? Oh, yes, yes. It was, you know, it wasn't as, um, well, as strict and as, uh, oh, what's the other word? Well, the regulations are pretty tough now, aren't they? Yes, that's right. And so in, in that sense, in terms of paperwork, it was a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, there wasn't much paperwork those no. days. <laughs> and, and, I, and so did you, but did you have a log or something that you had to fill out every day that you had no, a note? No, no. And how, so how were you paid? Because the truck would come, it would pick up your milk, it would measure it presumably at that point, or you would no, tell them, you no, would bill them? No, they just measured it at the factory and... And I uh, got it that way. And so you you would just, and then they would pay, would they pay you weekly? Monthly. They'd pay you monthly. That's, um, yeah. I don't know if that's unusual, but it's... Yeah, no, it always has been with milk and that. It's a monthly check comes okay. in. And do you think it's still monthly now, do you know? Yes, as far as I know it is, mm-hmm. yes. With Shirley, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's... Sort of waits on her check to come in. Okay, so Shirley is my auntie. It's it's your second, third last child, is that right? Second last. Second last child. And she is in dairy farming. Does that yeah. make you feel pleased that she's in dairy farming? Oh, yes, I like her in the dairy farming. It's good to have someone there. <laughs> yeah, that understands the life that you yes. led. Were you surprised that she went into dairy farming? Um, yes and no. She did lots of jobs before that. She Find as a secretary, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and then the, the partner is a dairy farmer, so... She married she well. Got in <laughs> she, she partnered well. Yes. And so no, we, she's not married. No. <laughs> Did, were you expecting some of your other kids to go into dairying? Oh, not really. See, Albert, when he bought the farm, he, he ran um, cows... And raised calves. So Uncle Albert bought the farm in the early 80s, is that right? Yes, about 83, 86, something like that, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and did he, did he, he didn't continue dairying at all? Pardon? He didn't um, continue milking cows No, no, all. no. Well, we hadn't milked cows for a couple of years. When Albert bought it? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Because uh, we had it rented out for a while. The land? The land, yes. Because you stayed living in the the house that was on that farm, didn't you? Yes. And rented the land to somebody who was raising cows, were they? And then Albert bought that farm and continued to raise cows, but for meat production, not dairy. Yes. Okay. And now, now one of my cousins lives in the house, is that right? Yes. So it stayed in the family, the house stayed in the family. Yes, Albert's daughter Wendy. She lives in the house. But unfortunately, what happened to the land? Well, the land 
Albert sold it, the land, and now it's covered in houses. Which is a kind of continuing trend in this area, isn't it? Yes. Every time I come to Gippsland. The farm was in the town area, actually, that we uh, had in Druin. So it was very close to town, so yes. it was easy for mm. that transition to happen into a housing sure. estate. Okay. And had, so that means that the government, it once had been agri- zoned agricultural land, presumably, and then mm. it had been rezoned um, residential. Yes. Oh, it's still it's such a shame, though, because... It's, it is a shame to see such good land like there is around Druin and Warrigal mm. getting um, all houses built on everywhere. Yeah. I, it's time they put a stop to it, I think. I think that you're right, that the government needs to, you know, we need some regulation on, on housing developments yes. because every time I come to Gippsland there's a new housing development and... And what are we going to eat in the future if we've got no yes. great grazing land yes, to, to, to farm on? Yes. Would you rather be a farmer when you farmed or do you think it's easier for farmers now? No, I think perhaps when I was farming, I think it might have been better. Do you think Because there wasn't so much, so many regulations and, mm. you know, hardships. And they've got a farm big now to keep buying out farmer and farmer, you know, and go big to to make it and big, viable. Big and, and also debt-ridden, I think, as well. Yes. So back when you were farming, you could afford to buy a farm, you know, run a small farm and, and make an adequate living. More or less, yes. Do you feel... Even though Rex used to go out to work... And so do you think that you could only make a living because you had that second income? Or 30 cows you would have... Yeah, oh, no, you needed the second income. Mm. Then, yes. Mm. Well, I guess it's a little bit similar to now in that sense, isn't it? That, you know, people wanting to start um, a farming career or people that want to get into farming are kind of having to, to work have one partner work off farm and one partner yes. work on farm. So, And the other sort of similar... Stuff. But now it's still the same, like quite often the partner works off farm mm, mm. as well as the farmer running the farm. Mm, it's, it's true. And did you have struggles like water? You know, drought's such a significant issue no, now. No, we, we were lucky. We are on the farm... The Druin, we had spring water there. Oh, how great. And, and, you know, you might remember the old swimming pool down the bottom. I there. remember a gully, a kind of gully yes. next door, next to the farm. Yes, and there was a spring, like permanent springs. So you just yeah. had yes. beautiful fresh water? More or less. Oh, wow. And was, the, is that, was that your drinking water as well? No, we never ever used it for mm. drinking water. And so if you were close to town, were you on mains or were you on rainwater? And We were on main, mm-hmm. yes, at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. And did you cut hay on that property? Yes, yes, we used to cut a lot of hay and bale it. And bale it, little yeah, square, little, square little bales. Square bales, yes. And um, so you'd feed hay, would you feed, did you need to feed grain as well or...? Oh, we we fed a little bit of grain in the bale. 
in the bale. Yes. Well, it helped to quieten the cows and okay. bring them into the shed. And so that. it was a way of enticing them into the dairy. Yes. And so they'd come in twice a day and they'd be fed um, hay with yeah. a little bit of grain through it. Yeah, no, no, the grain just in the bale and the hay was spread out the paddock for them. Okay. Well, yeah. And were they outside all year round? Yes. No, they didn't need a stable, did they? And, uh, no. 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 We had a fish, a few shelter trees on the farm. Wonderful, because yeah. often you see big, large tracks of... Oh. of pasture and animals and they, they don't have any shelter? No, nothing to sh shelter them. Oh, that's a relief to know because I think it's a really important part of, of animal husbandry to have, you know, shade and protection from wind and rain, yes. isn't it? They don't have much of that these days. No, they don't. Being a goat lady, you guys actually had a goat, didn't you? you had a one, did you have one goat? We had a baby goat. When we were up on the farm at Erica, and see, we didn't actually milk cows up there, though so we hadn't got to that stage. We had a baby goat up there and grew it up, but I never ever milked it. You didn't milk it? No, oh, well, we were only at Erica for about 13 or 14 months. Okay. Up there, and then we came down to Gould to the post office there. You lived at the post office at Gould? Yes. And were you running the post office? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I was you... running that. You were? Yeah, and the hubby was doing shift work at your lawn. At your lawn, okay. Mm. It's so he, that's when he was with the SEC? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we come down to Changel South when Gould went underwater. <laughs> and did Gould go underwater because it was they dammed it, didn't they? That was, yes, that was the uh, Moondara Dam. Or about what year was that? Oh, gosh. Must have been between 60 and 70, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And getting back to the goat, you told me... And then when we were at Gould, we had the goat there because one of the boys had eczema and... We had the goat's milk, the milk to goat there. Okay, and so did you milk the goat? Yes. And did it have a name? Oh, I forget what its name is. No. Might have been just Nanny, I think. Nanny. <laughs> mm. And sometimes she came inside, didn't she? Not that one. That The one we had at Erica used to come inside and lay in front of the fire. And it, it was a white one and it had brown. It used to lay in front of the open fire and <laughs> on the mat. <laughs> and burn its um, white fur. Yeah, yeah, it just got scorched. And the little devil, one day I was making biscuits and uh, I had to walk around an area and to put the biscuits that I'd cooked on, a, on the tray. And... Um, I, went, I walked around once and here's the little devil up on the... He got up on the stool and up on the table, hopping into me biscuits. So naughty. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was a funny little goat. Well, he must have, been a, he must have made a great biscuit because everybody thinks that goats eat anything, but they're actually they're fussy, so they must have been great biscuits. Yeah. Oh, they... I don't eat anything, goats. Well, I don't know. 
<laughs> I've got one final question. Um, if somebody came to you and said, "What's the best piece of advice you can give me as to become a dairy farmer?" What would you What would you ta- What would you tell them? Oh, what would I tell you? Well, it's, if you like the outdoors, it's it'd be a really good. It's, it's it's very intense. Very demanding. Demanding sort of work. And it's seven days a week. Yeah. And uh, you don't get much time off through the day. Early starts and usually late evenings. Yes. So you need to love it? You, You need to love it to do it, yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I have to go and write everything down, and I think that we need a timeline of of all the houses and farms that you ran. That's right. Thank you so much, Grandma. That's okay. You've been listening to Herds and Curds on 3CR with Carmen and Leanne. Today's conversation was one between Carmen and her grandmother, Eva Bateson. We'll be back again next month on the first Sunday of the month at 7am or you can find us on our podcast or on the 3CR website on the Herds and Curds page. You can also follow Herds and Curds on Instagram. Thank you so much to everyone who supported us during the Radiothon. We are very, very pleased to say that we have reached our target. 3CR is still collecting funds for the station as a whole, so if you haven't donated and you'd like to, you can do so online on the 3CR website. But thanks again for supporting Herds and Curds. Have a great month and we'll see you next time.